Life in the Age of St. Patrick. Brian and Moel Shachnel led an army to Dundelka to demand hostages from Aid the Nochad, and they parted on terms of truce. These words, recorded by a medieval scribe for the year AD 1002, represent the first mention of a Dundalk monument in the historical record. During its early history, Dundalka, or Dundalgan, lay in Ulster, not Leinster as it does today. In the past, the area around present-day Dundalk was intimately linked with the great Ulster hero Cúchulainn and the tales of the Ulster Cycle, and it was one of the province's most important assembly places. Given Dundelka's prominence, it is unsurprising that the M1 works revealed substantial evidence for a rich tapestry of settlement and activity in the early medieval period. One of the most impressive early medieval sites discovered on the road scheme was revealed at Balrigan, where archaeologists uncovered an entire early medieval settlement. It was marked by two enclosures, one reserved for the people themselves, the other used as a corral for livestock. Balrigan sat within the ancient territory of the Iconail Murhivna and would have been a familiar sight to early medieval travellers. Nearby, the main north-south road they once used is preserved in the line of the modern R-177. Balrigan's main settlement enclosure was almost 50 metres in diameter, and it was there that the inhabitants led much of their lives. Although later agricultural activity erased any evidence for the buildings they once called home, much of the rest of their farmstead survived. It included animal pens livestock paddocks, gardens, and even a water mill. This horizontal-wheeled mill, which was powered from a nearby stream, was a type that was particularly popular in Ireland between the 7th and 10th centuries. The early medieval community at Balrigan strove to be as self-sufficient as possible. As well as tending to their crops and livestock, they also engaged in industry. A hundred metres to the north of their main enclosure, they constructed a smelting furnace. This allowed them to produce their own iron, fashioned from local bog ore. While their smelting and smithing took place safely away from the main settlement, they did at least some of their forging inside. An area in the northeast corner of their enclosure contained a metalworking space where iron slag, a homestone, and an iron punch bore testament to the iron tools once made here. The charcoal they used helped to date this activity, which took place between the 5th and 7th centuries. As well as evidence for day-to-day -day activity in early medieval Louth, Balrigan also contained the remains of some of the people themselves. The southern portion of the main enclosure was given over to human burial, identifying Balrigan as a type of site known to archaeologists as a cemetery settlement. The 47 graves represented many generations of Balrigan inhabitants. Though bone survival was poor, 
it was possible to identify the remains of young children, juveniles, and both male and female adults. Their bodies told a story of hard physical labour and of lives punctuated by bouts of disease and periods of malnutrition. The residents had constructed a substantial building that appeared to have been associated with the cemetery. Represented by nine post holes set in three parallel rows, it was five metres long by four metres wide and may have served as the settlement's chapel or mortuary house. Balregan was not the only early medieval settlement discovered on the route of the bypass. Ring forts were enclosed farmsteads and were the most common settlement type in this period. Two examples were excavated along the bypass route at Carnmore and Newtown Balregan. Both had been surrounded by a single ditch, with the Carnmore ditch enclosing an area of some 30 metres in diameter, while Newtown Balregan was larger at 46 metres. Newtown Balregan was located on an ancient east-west routeway and would have been visible from the ramparts of Dundalka itself, which lies less than one kilometre away to the east. The interiors of both ring forts were heavily disturbed by later agricultural activity. However, artefacts retrieved from the Newtown Balregan ditch provided the archaeologists with clues about the character of daily life here. The remains of animal bones in the northwestern part of the ditch suggested that this area may have been used for slaughter, butchery and hide preparation. The farmers had concentrated most of their efforts on raising cattle, but there were also bones of pigs, sheep and goats. In the southern portion of the ditch, the artefacts told a story about the people themselves, whose living space had evidently been in this part of the interior. The ditch fills contained dress pins that had been used to fasten clothing and multicoloured glass beads that had been worn as decorations. The most beautiful artefact of all was a penannular brooch. This mark of high status was intricately decorated with stylized animal heads and curvilinear designs and had been crafted in the 6th or 7th century. Modern agriculture had completely levelled these two farmstead enclosures and had caused the ditches to be infilled with soil. If they could have been transported forward through time, the early medieval residents of Carnmore and Newtown Balregan would have found no surface traces of their former Ringfort homes. But it was a different story beneath the surface. But there, untouched by the plough, lay subterranean buildings that would have been reassuringly familiar to our time travellers, despite the passage of a millennium. <laughs>